Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show. We're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller is producing the program for us. We're glad that he is with us. Sitting across from me is the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist, the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth, best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. Usually I appreciate a good Wednesday just because we're really close to the sports weekend once our, our our two days of misery without live sports in the fall. Or I should I shouldn't say without live sports, without football in the fall are almost done. Our, it, our, last week, regular season baseball. I know if your teams are in the playoff race, like God, God bless you. Enjoy, yeah. like Cubs fans were sweating that out last night. Hated to see that. Really no, did. Here's, here's, <laughs> was really funny. did. I was at the Redbirds game on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I took note that it was the last Redbirds game of the season. The Redbirds players got to their cars before I did. That's impressive. <laughs> like, That's good stuff. Like before That's good I stuff. before yeah. I got to my car, I saw Redbirds players at their cars. That, <laughs> that is. An, you bring up a good point, though. That is an underrated example of checked out athletes the oh. guys that are in triple a at the end of the season the guys who didn't get didn't the september get call up, up didn't get the the 40 man call no, up and to your point they were playing i think the charlotte knights i think yeah. they're a white Sox and the, affiliate and like i saw a couple before i got to as i was walking to my car saw a couple charlotte knight guys waiting for their ubers at the curb yeah. to go to the airport that is definitely like you are not even showering like yeah. you're just you're it's <laughs> I'm like i'm the, just headed well, out i probably booked a flight for like six o'clock you yeah, know but i mean like <laughs> thinking like the guys that are here like the the guys that live here like yeah. you are just going straight to your apartment but no i i I usually appreciate a good Wednesday, but this would have been perfect for a Monday and an overreaction because Jeffrey, I got to watch forty-five minutes to an hour of Memphis basketball practice, the second Memphis basketball practice, and like, come on, it, it, that is made for me making broad overreactions to what, like, making broad generalizations, big statements based on forty-five minutes when they haven't even installed the offense or defense. Did yet. you have a thesaurus on you? At the practice facility? Why is that? You used a lot of, like, adjectives that are, like, yeah. not part of your... Not part of my normal correct. lexicon. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, well, I was... Yeah, I called... Uh, I called J- like Javon... pesciness out there? Yeah, well, Javon, he kept stealing the ball from Jalen Young. Yeah, but then you had another... I was like, what? what is he doing? Creativity? Yeah, you were very flowery... Shot creator? Very flowery language for a scrimmage. <laughs> wasn't even a scrimmage, really. It was, like, controlled scrimmage. Whatever, five on five. Yeah, it was, but uh, no, we we got to see. Uh, at least I got. You know, some people went. were down in the Dominican. Sick brag, bro. And saw, but the media here in Memphis got their first glimpse at this Memphis basketball well, team. Media also went. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Muns, Muns and Parth yeah. got to see them up close, and some you know some select few saw them up close in the Dominican. Um, but uh, we'll start uh, today's show with a little buy sell short to go to Reddit and and lean into. Talk a little Memphis basketball. We also got 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 a football buy sell short. Mm-hmm. Matt Barnes, the defensive coordinator at Memphis, tried to fall on a sword today. Jeffrey. Yeah, 
about the Missouri game. We'll we'll get into that in a second, and then uh, we'll talk college football at large because later on this hour, two forty, David Cobb will join us from CBS Sports. Get his thoughts on uh, what's going on in the college football world. We've got we've got a. Uh, Mike Goresco negotiating through the media for the mm. college football playoff, the future of the college football playoff. Um, we'll we'll see. Does he do hold like, any actual cards? Well, I'm I not also, sure. I do like, but I, he's acting like he does. We are. This is not a reflection of his job performance overall, mm-hmm. but in general, I find myself liking Mike Goresco because yes. he's a quote machine, mm-hmm. and he gives me he gives he's willing to talk. Correct. The fact, though, that he pretends like he's doing anything other than exactly what ESPN wants him to do. Now, listen, he's Pretty taking out a position. Correct. All right, he's, he's getting a, he's, he's pl- getting something. He might on the not record. have very many cards. Yeah, he might have a two of clubs and a three of hearts. Uh huh. Or maybe a, no, no, because that would be. No, he's got two, two seven offsuit. Yeah, two seven he's offsuit. He's got two seven offsuit. But he's going to play that two seven offsuit. Well, he's he's already pot committed. He's not full. He he announced he was going all in yeah. to start going all in blind. He's not full. No one no one comes up with the P six moniker mm-hmm. who's folding. That's all right. Fair point. He could have. There were many chances to fold up that shop and. You know what? At Memphis, you know I took note of this. I haven't mentioned this. At Memphis's home opener against Bethune Cookman, mm-hmm. ran out with the P six flag. Still, he all- still got it. It's I still going. Were, I thought they were backing off that. They were, but I found it. In- Memphis ran out with it on in their home opener. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> because so. now P six even like means like. So are you like second? Well, this year. This year, P6 uh-huh. is still okay, uh-huh. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah but I, I mean, this is a man that said with a straight face to you, you know, no one's captured the Hispanic hearts and minds quite like UTSA. The Hispanic market. The Hispanic, Hispanic market, market like, you, yes. like UTSA has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, <laughs> I don't know if he'll ever top that spin. That was, that he'll was never an A+. Top it. He's, he's had good ones over the years. Like, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the other, the last conversation I had with him. He had a pretty decent one. It, it didn't reach the level of. No, I was, yeah, I was trying to remember some of the highlights. Uh the other thing that we're seeing with these additions to the league, man, Conference USA sucked in football. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't necessarily been sterling. There's there's an interesting Chris Vanini was talking about it. Like ultimately, you can already tell like in terms of top to bottom, the AAC is not the best group of five league. It might end up with the best the champion team yeah. to go yeah. to, to and go to the New York Six Bowl. But if you're going top to bottom, yeah. like the Sun Belt and Mountain West are better than the American. Yes. Uh, I think this yes. year. Um, even though, again, I, I still think, you know, 11 and 1, Tulane, maybe even 10 and no, 2 I, I, get, might get in still. No, I think that's entirely. The New York Six I Bowl. still think it's entirely. I think I. I think still Tulane controls its own destiny. I, I think, think if Tulane goes eleven and one, they'll get it over Fresno. I don't know. Fresno goes undefeated, but I yeah. still think I still think I would favor whoever wins the American because I think the Mountain West. I think there's going to be some cannibalization there. We'll dive into that later this hour with Cobb. Uh, Three o'clock or so. We'll get into the list. Damian Lillard no longer a Portland Trailblazer. Got a big trade in the He's NBA. Miami. He's not going to Miami. Okay. However. This might not be over. Mm. <laughs> this might not be over because Jimmy Butler. I bet had, it is. Jimmy Butler had some interesting things to say in think, reaction to this big trade. Now we will get into that. That was spectacular. I don't think Woj is announcing this if the league was yeah. really thinking about pushing pause. Well, if you missed it, the Woj bomb. We'll discuss it more. But but uh, Damian Lillard appears to be headed to the Milwaukee Bucks to play with Giannis Antetokounmpo. So we'll, also Hugh Freeze yesterday, all time Hugh Freeze moment. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that as well. We'll do that in the list. And then, uh, you know, Travis Kelsey talked a little uh, Taylor Swift. Not much, but a little on his podcast. And, you know, I'm still all in. Day three, I'm all in. What do you think What do you think the multiplier of audience for whatever the the podcast? That's that, New Heights or whatever. Heights I, think, po- I don't know. What's, but, that, what's that town in Cincy they're from? It's some, it is something high. Like the Heights is what they're playing on. Gotcha. Um... Let's see here. Cincinnati neighborhood. Uh, Cleveland Heights. Cleveland Heights. But yes. It's Cleveland Heights, but it's in, in Cincinnati. In Cincinnati. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, so there you go. Big show. Let's start with a little buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. It's that time on 92.9's Giannato and Jeffrey show where we either buy, buy sell, sell, short, short, or go to Reddit. 
Okay, I've got two buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit's off of off of this open practice that Tiger Basketball had. I think I'm going to go with this one. I'm going to. All right. The obvious one is this is Penny's best team, but like ultimately, like it's that's going to be decided later, right? You just don't want to go out. You just don't want to be on the record. And I'm not ready to declare anything. That's not yet. what football brain is. You have the unique opportunity of. You got to go see this team during football season. <laughs> You've got football brain turned on. I want the overreaction. Yeah, but we don't. So here's the here's get off the fence, Mark. Well, here's the is DeAndre on this team? I'm gonna say no. If DeAndre's not on the team, fine. Buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. This is Penny's best team. Buy. There you go. Okay. And buy, sell, justification. Short- Justifications. I didn't see them. I think watching today, there are more shot creators on this team than any team Penny's had. No, I believe you said they have more shot creativity. No, shot creators. And then Mm. I said, I said, but like you've got Quinterly who can go get a shot. David Jones was really impressive in the scrimmage stuff we saw over 45, 30 minutes or 45 minutes or so. I thought Jaquan Walton was really good. Like, to me, those two in particular, especially if DeAndre isn't on this team, if David Jones and Jaquan Walton fulfill their potential, this is going to be— I knew you didn't say it. The shot creation. Shot creation. Yes. There you go. Um, mm. They've got a lot of shot— cre- It feels like there are more shot creators on this roster. I knew creativity was in there. It's you. That Then it was— Same goes for the peskiness and creativity— of Javon he was, Quinterly. He was he had that he had a sweet move in transition where he like faked a pass and then went up for the layup. Um but it's like you're in your first like college English class. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I'm gonna put some really flowery language in there. But I can really write. When you look at this lineup, even without DeAndre, you you know, you can go Javon Quinterly, David Jones, Jaquan Walton, uh there's Jordan Brown, and then oh by the way, Caleb Mills wasn't even playing today. He mm-hmm. like was off to the side with a looked like a minor injury of some kind. Someone said he banged knees with someone. It was not anything Oof. serious. Those are the worst. Um, but like stepping on metal. Ugh. I came away. I'll say this. You know, I was thinking back. Remember the open practice last year that they had? Remember, I came away going, man, I don't know if they can shoot. Yes, I Remember do. That? I do. That like, was the rebounders thing, though, wasn't yes, it? Yeah, it was. This didn't was, he say like they went like ten minutes like they didn't make a shot? It was yes, like clang clang clang. This this was more impressive. Oh, wait, that turned out to be true. <laughs> it was not a great shooting team. Yeah, but it was a better offensive team than you thought because of DeAndre and and yeah. Kendrick. The point is there are there may not be a player who is as good as Kendrick Davis on this team. Maybe not even a player as good as DeAndre Williams. There's just more dudes on this team though. It's very it was very obvious when you're in that gym and. You know, it's just different. It's not just we're not. I wasn't at practice watching guys do stuff that I, you know, that they they were either high school recruits or they're being asked to play a bigger role. Like I watched David Jones hit a bunch of shots that he hit at St. John's. Yeah, I watched Jaycon Walton do a bunch of things he was doing at Wichita State. You know, and Javon Quinterly. I watched him do things he's. I've already seen him do at Alabama. There's like a, even though they're all new. Because the bigger sample size track record. Yeah, yeah, there's like a track record, and like I think they all have a better understanding of who they are at the college level because they've all played four years at the yeah. college level. Some of them even more. Um, so, but I think the more interesting by sell sure to go to Reddit because based on the other news that happened today, where the school put out a new statement about Mikey Williams, um, I guess would you, I. I guess the best way to put it is they probably they clarified his status with the program, right? When you say that's probably the best way to phrase it. Sure. I mean, to me, like they confirmed they confirmed what was very obvious. Um, but because he was still listed on the roster on, or he still is listed on the roster online, and um, so let me find the here we go. The statement reads this. While Mikey Williams is enrolled in online classes at the University of Memphis and remains on the roster, he will not have access to team-related facilities or activities until his pending legal process in California is complete. The process to assess and determine his status with the team will be initiated at that time. So I say all that 
We've already mentioned DeAndre. We mentioned that. We got a Wolken take from that too. Buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. This has been the most dramatic off season under Penny Hardaway because someone actually asked him that. Like this has been a someone prefaced their question with like this has been a more dramatic off season than you've ever had. And Penny literally jumped in. He goes, "Really? You sure? Like, you sure?" Um, and like, and he wasn't sure. But I'll go first. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll buy this. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, we've not had like yes. There's this covering this team comes with drama. Like yes. that's just part of the that's that's built into the program. Like that's just kind of baked Best in. I can tell no one under Penny Hardaway has ever been charged with a crime. Cor- uh, how about a felony? Yeah, the fel- Six but I of think them. crime. Period. Has anyone been charged? Like, I don't think so. I don't think anyone's been arrested. Like has been a, like you know obviously James Wiseman ran into some serious issues, but it was yeah, all based was, on NCA. That was stuff. eligibility. Yeah, 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 like it was not like he did anything wrong, Correct. like criminally. So, so let's start there. Um, and again, like I'm not even saying like that's like a like that I'm looking down on the program, but like. That is dramatic. Yes. Like, for the record, they had to put out a statement today about said player that is charged with six felonies. <laughs> yes. So we had to have a statement clarifying what his status is. Yeah. Because said clarifying player Clarifying that we're not running him off. Correct. That he's on the roster. Yeah. All right. So let's start there. Secondly, whether or not they're going to admit to it, they did ha- at one point have a problem with the NIL war chest. Mm-hmm. Now, where I give them credit... Instead of whining about it, Penny hosted some functions. <laughs> Penny got Penny. Whatever he did, he got it done. He exactly. And yeah. guess what? That's part of the job. Yeah. And so, but I mean, that's like to you add, add that. Well, I think you added. There's some other factors we don't even talk about, like Jaquan Walton. This like today was like the first time he'd really talked extensively. David Jones. Da- but, David Jones was like didn't have a visa. Whatever. Jaquan Walton. Remember he got a he got basically kicked yeah, off but, of Alabama's but, but, team. Hadn't but, signed but, yet. No, no, no. He was no longer uh, a recruiting target. Yes. Yes. But he was on an official visit, got Correct. arrested in Tuscaloosa. Correct. And I'm not sure the athletic department knew about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then. This um, is, yeah. No, I'm buying this big time. You had Jordan Brown. Remember there was like some time where people were like, I don't know if he's going to be eligible. Well, then was JJ there? JJ the, Taylor. Yeah. Yes. He was there today. Okay. Yes. Everyone was there. Um. Yeah, I think. I'm, oh, we still don't. We still don't know if DeAndre or Mikey will be on this team next year. Oh, and then we had Malcolm. We had a yes. guy who left, yes. and then came back, went in the portal, and then came back. There were took a, a visit to another school. Well, no, there were allegedly recruiting graphics made for other schools. <laughs> now, I would argue this was not dramatic. That one was not dramatic. That was obvious. That, that, that was a free space that, that y'all you, got played on. Yeah. That was just it's an, is. That that flow chart goes like this. Did he play for Penny at East? Yes. Then he will be back. To, to your point, after practice day, Alo was working out with Penny. I mean, so, if he had eligibility, he'd be, on, he'd be on this team. Damn right. <laughs> now, it probably would have followed the same pattern of, is he going to go somewhere else? But th- that's an easy flow chart. Yeah, I'm, bu- I'm buying this as well. This is definitely the most dramatic. I mean, heck, heck. Penny, like, admitted today, like, basically, like, what's been the hardest part of this offseason? He goes, like, honestly, like, we had seven guys at first, then a couple more came. Now, in the last week, Malcolm and David Jones came. We're still waiting on DeAndre. Like, they, you know, like, they haven't even... Well, the point, way this has all played out has been so... Didn't we set the over-under of number of guys that would go to the Bahamas that would play at, like, six and a half? Like, we were basically saying, like, they might have half their team. Now I think we end up smashing the over. Yeah, but yeah, I think we said over because we figured some things would get figured out. But nonetheless, they're all here now, and they look uh... like that's the thing. There's a guy on this team that had visa issues. What a week ago, two weeks ago, <laughs> and he was he was and hitting some sweet step backs in practice damn today. Right. <laughs> By the way, that actually might have been a way to buy this team. This might follow – it honestly might follow my NFL draft defensive strategy. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't have a good college basketball team if you don't have red flags. I need some red flags. Mm. Well, shows me, that shows me the roster's better. Um, you, want me, you, want, you want my quick takes that I wrote down from practice just in my notepad? Of course we you do. Want, you want the quick notepad? All right, Jonathan Pierre, I thought he was going to be – like I thought, you know, typically when you get these like – 
guys with good measurables from the lower levels, it's like, oh, man, it looks like he's never been in a weight program before. Much, much more defined body Mm -hmm. than I envisioned for Mm -hmm. John. Like, if if you were just to walk in that gym and go, which of these guys is the NBA prospect on the team? Mm Mm-hmm. I actually think, and you didn't watch him play basketball at all. You'd go Jeff Green. Yes, mm-hmm. you'd go. John, oh, Jonathan Pierre, six ten, mm-hmm. and plays on the perimeter, and it's like looks actually pretty strong. Like, wow. And then when you watch him play, I'm not saying he's bad, but like, oh, we got Christian Hackenberg. I think he's a little robotic. I think is when you watch him move. Hackenberg, shorts and t-shirt quarterback. Hackenberg's got to be up there for one of the all-time greats. Like, I, looks like a quarterback to the ball snapped. I'll say this. I I don't know if he's going to be, like, a major contributor this year. That's my gut feeling, just watching him play. It, I think it'll take him a year to get adjusted to the speed of things, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, I mean, that wouldn't be insane. He's coming yeah. up from D2. Yes. David Jones' size, like, mm, he is, now like— Now we're cooking with gas. Like— Measurables? He's he's every bit of 6'6". Six, six. Mm. Like, he's a bit— like, you stand him next Mark, to the term is legit six six. You stand him next to Nick Jordan, who's like considered one of your bigs, and like I can't really like they're both like, and Jordan's got a. Can I get a little? Can I get a little weird on you? Oh, yeah. Great chest, mm. great barrel chested. You can mm. see why he can be a good undersized big, uh, for this team. Kind, um, of, t- kind of chest that takes a charge. Yeah, mm-hmm. I asked Penny straight. I go, it's because when I walked in there, my initial impression was, man, this is a big team. And Penny Penny agreed with me that biggest team he's had at Memphis, this team, just in terms of they've had like Jalen Duren was an impressive dude, and obviously Wiseman was his length was incredible, um, but in terms of just the number of big dudes they've got, like this is the biggest team he's had. Um, I wrote this down just as I was watching it, and again Caleb Mills wasn't playing, uh, but I it feels like to me Walton, uh, Jaquan Walton, and David Jones, especially if DeAndre doesn't play. Those are the guys that de- that determine the ceiling of this team. If they're consistently the type of players I saw in practice today, this is going to be a really good team. I think the problem is when you look at their track record, that's been the problem for them. Consistently, well, they've not been able to do it all the time. The issue I see on this team is GM Penny might have not done Coach Penny a solid. Yeah, well, that's the other thing is, it's. I mean, it's going to be a big rotation. <laughs> it just is. What? As, well, it was interesting. Penny said this because uh, Munns asked him, you know, is you know, there's so many new pieces. Like, is this going to be a team when it's out there that's going to ultimately look like a Penny Hardaway team, or is it going to have to be different? And um, he said, he said this. Um, well, you've got a veteran team that can score the basketball. We've never had that. That's going to be the identity. Defense is what I like to hang my hat on, but I've got to understand that you got a lot of guys that have averaged double-figure points and played at a high level. I know we're going to be a team that scores the ball. All right. I thought that was an interesting answer from Penny um, about the makeup of the team. Other things I wrote, um, there was a play, Ashton Hardaway, I thought, like, he looked, he looked like the best of the freshmen. Uh, at least in the 30 to 45 minutes we saw. Mm-hmm. Um, he stood up. There was like a play where he ended up defending Malcolm in the post, stood up Malcolm in the post and stuffed him. Like it was, imp- and then he hit a bunch of threes too. That, that could be one of those good for Ashton things, but mm-hmm. be better, Malcolm? Yeah, well, I also, you know, I think I, Malcolm had some moments in the scrimmage okay. too. Like it wasn't like he looked, he played poorly. Um, and when Penny uh, got the team together after practice, he told them biggest issue right now is turnovers. He, too many turnovers, he oh, said. But getting back to the roots, <laughs> getting back to the roots. Mm. Um, and then I gotta say, I gotta shout out Rick Stansberry because mm. I hadn't seen him yet since he became an assistant coach here. And you know, a pet peeve of mine is like some of these older coaches to try and st- like Penny like wears what like younger people wear, but like it feels like genuine. You know, like I feel like he's wearing what he actually, like clothes he would actually wear normally. I mean, he's still a Nike. Yeah. He's still getting like whatever Nike's making. Like, But like he's wearing, you know, like sometimes you see these coaches now, they're walking around with like Air Force Ones and tapered pants and like, you know, they're trying to look like the kids look. Mm-hmm. And it just looks horrible. Mm-hmm. You know who was bad about it? Coach K was bad about it. When, I, when I'd see him at a recruiting event, I'd be like, 
Come on, we know you don't want to wear this. The problem this. is he would wear all that stuff, but he'd still have, like, the pants pulled up too high with his fupa. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that was kind of always the... Well, Rick Stansberry, I appreciated, was wearing, like, white tee tucked into black, like, I don't know if they were sweatpants or they were, like, dry-fit material, but those things could have been... If he had told me I've had these since 1998... He was going, he was going functional, not fashionable. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. and it was like, you know, they were, like, baggy... And they like covered up his shoe mostly, but when he sat down, it would like ride up halfway up his calf. Love it, you know, like old. You know, it's just, I appreciated that he was dressing exactly as he like. It's like, like if they didn't have a Nike deal, he'd definitely be wearing New Balance. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. yes, I like that. And he look. was wearing no, yeah. and like I, he probably I didn't get a good look. Probably was wearing like comfort Nike. Oh yeah, no, you the, know? the flat <laughs> ones. Yeah, better for his feet. Better arch support. I appreciated yeah. the look from Rick mm-hmm. Stansberry today at, at the uh, the open practice. So. There was no pretending. <laughs> no, there was no like we're gonna you know I'm I'm something that I'm not uh, <laughs> from him. Not dressing for the job he wants. It will be uh, that whole dynamic will be interesting because there are some new faces in there. You know, you got him. Um, I mean, we could have put that on the. How many coaches did they have to replace this year? Well, they brought Faraji Phillips and uh, Coach K's son-in-law are back. I forget when Andy Borman. Yeah, yeah, he's not blood. They're <laughs> just by marriage. Um, they're back. I don't even know if he's in the Brotherhood. Um, Penny Darby Rich. He's back. Is new, but he's like he left yeah. and he's now back as the strength and conditioning coach. Um, he's got a new special assistant. I don't know what his name is. New right hand man. Not right hand man, just like his new Sean Forrest. Ah, you know, like kind of a uh, extra guy on the staff. Oh, and then uh, uh, what's his name? Rosser. Uh, he's local. Um, Jamie Rosser has been added to the staff as well. Uh, Memphis a guy with Memphis ties. Um, so uh, I think he's uh, like direct. He's director of player development. Um, so uh, some new faces, but. Uh, you know, this is Penny's program now, and it did feel like it's been his program. Yeah, not now. It, it did. It just. It did feel like Penny, while he has a big task ahead of him, getting this team together mm-hmm. because of how you know how many new guys there are, how kind of disjointed their arrivals has been. He didn't seem like he was uncomfortable, uncomfortable or worried about it today. So, um, all in all, like I said, I, I you know. I'm going to bet that this is the best team he's ever had just by the mere fact that Caleb Mills and DeAndre Williams weren't out there today, and I still came away going, man, they got a bunch of dudes on this team. All right, let's go to Tiger football quickly. Okay. Buy, sell, short, or go to red. I was at Tiger football availability before um, the open practice. Matt Barnes, the defensive coordinator, spoke, and he was very hard on himself, Jeffrey, uh, said it was a poorly coordinated game against Missouri. Um, said they basically, it's what I thought it was. They played a bunch of new coverages. Like, even though they're not super exotic, it was like cover two, like some zone stuff. But they went to different looks in the secondary because they didn't think they could cover Missouri's wide receivers man-to-man. And they got lit up in in, in his mind. And he basically, sounds like they're going to go back to more man-to-man moving forward. Even if, you know, even if it maybe, maybe they can't, you know, Maybe they lose some of those one-on-one battles at times. Um, but he basically, like, his his overarching message was, if we play off, we should be able to win a game where we play offense like that. And it's, his, it's the defense's fault that Memphis lost that game against Missouri. So I bring that up to say, buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. The defense should take all the blame for Memphis football being 3-1 and one instead of undefeated. I would like to... Uh... Sell all of this? <laughs> Matt Barnes was trying to do a solid. He was like really trying to. T- he was like trying to basically emphasize like you should not be blaming the offense this week. You should be blaming us. Yeah. Um. First off, they got good players, and um, this reeks to me though of like you said, this is a falling on the sword. Mm-hmm. So what concerns me is why the need to fall on that sword. I suspect there might be a head coach that thought that. Well, it was interesting that after the game, I did take note when I re-listened to Ryan's press conference mm-hmm. and he was asked about the defense, and he was he was asked like about busted assi- like was it just a matter of like busted assignments? And Ryan was not 
throwing the players under the basically said I didn't really see a lot of busted assignments out there and then kind of implied that he, you know, maybe we didn't we didn't have the best plan ultimately. Like mm. he even after the game, he was sort of his initial reaction to watching how things unfolded uh, was maybe we didn't have the best plan defensively. It wasn't necessarily busted assignments a lot that caused all those big plays they gave up. Yeah, I'm. I guess I would say it this way: we only know what we saw. Mm-hmm. I know that's a no duh. I'm gonna go out on a limb and just saying, know what I knowing what I know about offensive schemes. If if they if Missouri would have seen them lined up in man, mm-hmm. it would have been way worse. Mm. It was an interesting dynamic in that if you really look at you take out the nine explosive plays, and I know that's like taking out a lot. Right, because they schemed those up. Like, yes. yes. It's taking out a lot. But like on the other 52 plays of the game or whatever it was, 55 plays of the game, like they played really good defense. Yeah, the problem though is that's it's kind hard. of that's yeah. Missouri's offense. Gotcha. Missouri's offense is yeah. big time. Like if you look at the Kansas State game, it was the same thing. It's they are big on explosives. Like they don't move it great. They don't really move the ball great consistently, but they, like they are now, now big this, on explosives. This week, it feels like it's the it's it's different in that. Whereas it felt like the wide receivers they were really worried about this week. It's that Bo- running back. Well, Boise's from Boise. explosive in the run game. Yeah, that that I mean, Matt Barnes said straight up. He goes, "Ah, they're gonna have a hard time keeping that guy next year." You know, whether it's going to a higher level of college football or the pros. I mean, if you watched any of the Boise San Diego State What's game, his name it's. Jaunty, like G, a J E A N T Y. Uh, Ashton Jaunty. Yeah. yeah, he he had like a hundred at the half. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he finished with like under twenty carries and two hundred and five yards. Like he was averaging over ten a touch. To your point, he so he right now the only game that he's really not had a big day was I think North Dakota kind of bottled him up. He, yeah, he's right now 13th in the country in rushing uh, 407 yards through four games. He's averaging 5.58 yards per carry. And, like, if you watch it, it's not just like – like, Boise is pretty good up front, but it's not like, oh, my God, they're just making unbelievable haul, like hallways for him. It's – the play that he had a ton of success on is, like, stretch play to the right and then cut it back, like well, – Everybody went one way. He would cut it back, and then it was like house call. I learned a new dynamic today. Mm. So Boise State's offensive coordinator mm. is this guy. His name's Bush Hamden. Yes. He was a, He was like Kellen Mond's back, or not Kel, Kellen Moore's backup. backup. Kellen Mond, very different guy. He's also, I don't know if you had a kid like this growing up, but he grew up. He went to an elementary school not far from where I went. Mm. And in like from he he left the area like I think after sixth or seventh grade or whatever. But from like third to sixth grade, when it didn't matter what sport it was, when you were going up against like he was the beast of the area. Like he was he like you knew who he Bush. Everyone just knew it was just a one name guy in the youth sports circles in my area. It was Bush. Are we talking so Pre like sixth grade, we're talking third through sixth grade. Yeah, so, like, shout out John Michael Skinner. Yeah, like every yeah. And, and like who? That, no, I mean, I I was not a rival of John Michael, but like that that I know the guy you're talking. No, about. like my team, like for instance, fourth grade, like fourth grade basketball. Yeah, my me and my friends still talk about it. Mm-hmm. championship game. Championship game, we we go up against them. We lost by like twenty because mm-hmm. Bush was you know bigger and better than all of us, but. Fast forward 30 years later, essentially. He's now the offensive coordinator mm. at Boise State. And I mentioned him and Matt Barnes were apparently GAs together at Florida. Matt Barnes also grew up near where I grew Wait, up. Under Satan? Uh, I don't know. He just told me it was at Florida. Would that have been, or maybe Mac- McElwain, maybe? It might have been McElwain. Um, but wait, are they on the herbs coaching tree? Florida, twenty twelve. I mean, Bart, twenty twelve. Uh, Muschamp. Yeah, there you go. Yes, yeah, so that that makes sense because then from there, Muschamp isn't a good football or a head coach, but he's a he's a decent human being. I can deal with that. Yeah, but then and then from there, Barnes went with Durkin to Maryland, and all hell broke <laughs> loose there. Yeah, what um, happened next? <laughs> what happened next was they got uh, someone died, unfortunately. Matt Barnes. Exot had no was yes, not named he, in any of the reports. He did like it was. Just, eh, DJ's a, back working again. <laughs> exactly. 
But apparently they're like good friends, Bush, Hamden, and Matt Barnes. Um, and there's a little Maryland connection there. But I joked with my friend, like, I've never, I've not spoken to Bush Hamden since mm-hmm. fifth grade, probably sixth grade. I was joking with my friend, should I go up to him on Saturday if I run into him and be like, do you remember that fourth grade championship where, game? Where are the coaches' boxes? Are they on the same press box level? No, they are not. Because mm, I think he he was in the booth on. Yeah, I, it would be maybe before the game down on the field. Although I'm, you know, I I got kid duty this this weekend, so I don't know if I'm going to be get getting there super early before the game. But all I know is that yeah, you know, he that name holds a special place in my heart. His brother played it uh, played for the the former Washington R words back in the day. Well, no, did you not see? Did you not see that story I sent you last night? Yeah, we got. Yeah, we'll see. It's a Native American group. I know. I know. I love that. God, how much do you think? I'm trying to do that. (laughs) I commissioned my own poll. But his older brother played for a minute when Spurrier was the coach of Washington. His name was Gabron Hamden. And Mm -hmm. I just just loved every press conference. Spurrier Spurrier tries to, yes. Well, Spurrier would call him Gibby. Yeah, know, like could, yeah. Gibby looked pretty good out there. That's smart. Spurrier's definitely. If he's got a name he can't pronounce, he's yeah. gonna give you a Gibby, nickname. Gibby. He's Gibby gonna give you pretty good out there. Yep. 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 Gibby looked good. Gibby. He's getting Lock the offense. Yep. Oh, I love that. He doesn't know blocking schemes. He <laughs> just yes. tells. So that's him up. the game within the game this weekend. Bush Hamden versus Matt Barnes. I, I'm with you. I'm uh, I'm selling that the uh, defense <laughs> should take all the blame. I both. Both units had some issues against Missouri. I still, I came away from watching. My gut reaction from watching the game and my reaction now was, even though the defense gave up a bunch of big plays, it felt like the momentum of the game was lost in the second quarter when the offense couldn't move the ball. Yeah. And they never did re- quite recover from that. The better team won, but Memphis didn't embarrass itself. Like, that's kind of how I feel. All, All right, right. Let's, let's save our Sabanization one for David Cobb. He's going to join us next. We'll talk college football, maybe a little college basketball with David Cobb from CBSSports.com next. You're listening to Giannato and Jeffrey on 92. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. NFM ESPN. David Cobb writes about college football and basketball for CBS Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at David W. Cobb. Cobb, are we getting a new playoff format? Who knows? It sounds like they didn't even talk about it. It's what <laughs> Rob, it's well, what they, as Mark Allen, that, that group loves to schedule another meeting. Like that, that they're all about getting those Hilton no, points. No, we don't. We don't have time. Yeah. The clock's yeah, running. Man, we got flights to get. Let's go to Boca Raton. We got to go to Boca Raton. That's where this they is going to get settled. They love racking and stacking those points, baby. I'm I'm stunned though that they didn't actually discuss this because the power brokers in the room should be pushing for a a reformatting since the the collapse of the of the Pac-12. Personally, I think it could be really exciting if we get two group of five teams in a 12 team playoff. It gives it like a, a Cinderella potential and a potential NCAA tournament type of feel. But I, I'm, I, I can't believe that Greg Sankey and the other big-time commissioners aren't in there like trying to throw what, their weight around. It's is not it, even that well, complicated of a thing, either. Well, is it also, though, is it maybe one of those awkward things? I assume Kleavkov's still in the room. Don't you want him to, like, 
you need him to leave where you're like, all right, let's really talk now. I mean, what a lame duck. Like, why, why does that guy even have a job anymore? I, mean, I, I know that's harsh, but his league doesn't exist. Well, he's got to run. He's got to run the championship game. Got to run the championships for the other sports. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's what and he's there for. There, at this point, he's, he's a, probably uh, selling some ads, right? There's got to be a deputy associate assistant executive commissioner who can uh, handle all that while they they give Klyovkov his buyout and let him go back to tennis or whatever. That was Larry Scott. But, but yeah, yeah Larry Scott was the USTA or what? Maybe WTA. It was the WTA, yeah. Yeah, wow. Uh, I mean, Real hey, genius he was. All yeah. he had to do uh, – in retrospect, all he was doing uh, – he just had Serena at her height. Correct. And that's why the WTA worked. <laughs> When he was the commission. Hey, guys, he grew the game. Yeah, he grew the game. It's like, oh, no, no, no. Serena was at the height of her power. We have a generational star that's American. <laughs> well, if you're going by on-field performance, my gosh, George Klyovkov is the best commissioner the Pac-12 has ever had. Because look at the league right now. We got like six teams ranked. We got a whole bunch of Heisman Trophy candidates. We got, we got Colorado the- outrating Notre Dame. Colorado getting absolutely like curb stomped, outrating Notre Dame and uh, Ohio, Ohio State. State. Yeah. Right. Okay. I can't wait to see wherever George Klyovkov lands next. His official bio for whatever job he does next is going to claim all this success from from the Pac-12. Started the alliance. Corporate America, <laughs> yeah. baby. Gave yeah. Deion Sanders his biggest platform. G- gives a firm handshake. <laughs> looks you in the eye. <laughs> exactly. It's phenomenal. Um, I'm curious uh, what you think of, um, in terms of how this is all shaken out, we, we talked about this on our show yesterday. Do you, Have you made any sort of big conclusions off of four games? Because that's that's sort of... What you're supposed to do in this industry, like I had Jeff, I I told Jeffrey, I, I'm predicting a Georgia Alabama SEC championship game. I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna buy into this talk of Alabama being so weak. Like, this is the end of Saban, if you will. Um, do you have any broad? You have any hot takes, Cobb? After four weeks. Well, I mean, I gotta confess, like I, I prematurely did exactly what you're talking about, Mark, and it was basically pronouncing Nick Saban's dynasty as over this time last week. And then they put put together a very impressive 14-point victory against a good old eh, team. And, impressive. I don't know if I'm putting the adjective there. True. Okay, relative to the way they played against South Florida, it yes, was impressive. a better win than the South Florida. They scored Florida. more points against Ole Miss than they did South Florida, yes. Correct. Yeah, I think my big takeaway from the season, though, is is the league stuff. It's, it's the SEC struggling. It is... It is the Pac-12 going out with this incredible like blaze of glory with all these high-flying quarterbacks and Deion Sanders changing the game and, and Oregon State and Washington State, the two who are left behind, going out with a bang themselves. Did that, you see Oregon me. State said it's going to cost – did you see how much money they said in their announcement that leaving the Pac – they've decided that it's like going to have like an impact of like – I think like $44 million a year they're going to lose in terms of athletic That's department. That's it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I, figured, he, I figured it would have been yeah, more. Keep an eye on uh, Jonathan Smith for the Michigan State. Yeah. Because, you know, he's an Oregon State alum, right? But I, I, can they continue to pay him? Oh, no, him excuse me. What? It wasn't $44 million, 44% of their revenue. Right. That's once huge, they leave. Right. So there's got to be some salaries on the chopping block there. So And Jake Dickert's doing a great job at Washington State. I think he could be in the mix there at, at Michigan State as well. So to me, that's the biggest thing that we've – taken away from college football season this year is this radical change in like the conference hierarchy. And then maybe I guess the other thing too is schools that are quote unquote back, you know, Florida state, well, it looks like they're back, you know, and then same with Texas, obviously winning in Tuscaloosa. And so a couple of big brands, maybe Miami, maybe, maybe Miami, they would fit that category as well. Um, We were talking about the playoff and I'd be remiss. So, what do, you, what do we think about Oresco, what Oresco's done at this meeting? So yesterday, he went on the record with reporters and said, listen. You won't I, believe this, Cobb. He found a microphone. I like six and six, six, you know, six conference champions and six at-larges. But, like, five and seven's good, too. And then, perhaps realizing that, like, maybe you should, like, ultimately, yes, you will, you will be damn fine with five and seven. Maybe you shouldn't, like, make that your starting position in all of this. Today with Ross Dellinger. You say that like it matters. <laughs> today with Ross Dellinger, he said, no, 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 no. I'm all six and six, baby. Um, 
these next two years, like I'm not, I basically insinuating Just like Ryan Silverfield, basically insinuating I'm gonna because they need a unanimous vote to change it within the next two years from six and six, right. and he basically was insinuating I'll be the guy who stands in the way of this unanimous vote, presumably, and this was unspoken uh-huh. unless we get like some sort of long term agreement that includes the group of five. What do you make of those negotiations? Is it all like? Like, ultimately, Oresco has said a lot of things as commissioner, and when push came to shove, like, the AAC had no actual leverage, and it never matters. He just does what ESPN tells him. Um, well, I, bet, I bet Oresco would, uh, would acquiesce to a 5-7 and seven if he could get the other leaders in the room to permanently erase the term group of five from the college sports lex- lexicon. That, that's his biggest thing. Oresco, more than anything in the world, hates the term group of five. So, so if he can get him to stop using that phrase, uh, I think he'll agree to anything that they want to do. Yeah, I mean, the problem is, like, in the end, I don't think any, anything, that, anything that they say matters. Like, in the end, it's all just going to be, what does the TV networks want? Yeah. And I'm yeah, going to go out on a limb and guess they're fine with, shall we say, Alabama playing Memphis, but I don't know if they're fine with Alabama playing Memphis, Ohio State playing uh, Troy. Like I don't know if they, I don't know if they, they're fine with multiple. Like they can deal with one Cinderella. I don't know if they want multiples. Well, and at the end of the day, we're only talking about two years here. We're, we're talking about exactly. That's the other thing that makes it kind of depressing. So, but don't you? Th- end- well, so do you think it's going to really? Ultimately, it's going to be up to us. Like. If they have good ratings the next two years, do you think they'll be? Won't they be less likely to change to like an, a twelve at large type format when this is actually up for being changed in a couple mm, years? No, they're going to go risk averse, and the way to go risk averse is you get as many big brands. So correct. you think you think this five seven, whether it's six and six or five and seven, you think Jeffrey, it's going to be two years and then it's going to go away. You don't think it'll stay? I think they will. Years? I think they will rip up the format. I mean, don't you, yeah. Cobb? Yeah, uh, yeah, probably, because if you go 12 at large, then you can Ugh. sort of uh, ball game your own sort of uh, be- like best matchups, right? You can kind of yeah. erase the three losses. Now we're like, cooking say, with gas. Like, let's say if Duke won the ACC championship th- this year with three losses or something, you know, which is, I mean, they're not going to lose maybe three times in this regular season. But, you, you know, if, if they can exclude – Duke somehow or exclude all the group of five teams or find a way to sort of cherry pick and, and make new criteria to where they get the matchups they want. I mean, that's, that's what they're going to do. And, and honestly, look, I mean, around college football right now with some of the monster ratings that we've seen, I think people are starting to realize that in this new era where, that we're going to move into fully next season, like the, 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 the ratings are going to be through the roof. And if that, if ratings are what we measure the success of college sports by, then everything that we're seeing happen right now is great for the sport. But I think those of us who have followed college football for years or for decades know that there's more to the product of college football being appealing than TV ratings that appeal to casual fans, right? For, for those who really support the sport and our season ticket holders and our diehard fans, there's more to it than engineering the best matchups, all that regionality, all that history, all those rivalries, conference titles, all those things are the fabric of college football. And so that's what we lose in all of this. And if ratings are the the, the lone barometer, college football is going to be bigger and better than ever. But I just don't think that that the normal longtime college football fan believes that ratings, ratings are the only thing that matters. Speaking of ratings, what's the most interesting game this weekend to you? I uh, just got done writing about LSU Ole Miss. I mean, that one's a uh, top 20 matchup that has SEC West title implications. That one clearly stands out uh, this week. And, and I think Kansas-Texas as well because of the recent history in that, in that series and the fact that uh, Texas is back, right? But uh, Kansas could derail that uh, pretty, pretty quickly. This Lance Leopold guy is a pretty good coach, huh? Well, I mean, I, was, I assume Michigan State's going to kick the tires on him. But I, I'm with you, Cobb. If I'm Michigan State, I'm throwing a dump truck full of cash at Jonathan Smith. Yeah, he's established a program in a place where it's really difficult to win, which is kind of what Michigan State is. I mean, they've got history. You can cycle up there. I mean, D'Antonio had his years. and I mean, I, they, I They've would, made the playoff, but like in, like in, in the new-look Big Ten, so definitely Michigan's a better job, Ohio State's a better job, Penn State's a better job. Are we saying Oregon is a better job? Yeah. Than Michigan State, yes. Yeah. 
I mean, ultimately, they're number two in their own state. What about Washington? Yes. Uh, I would put it about on par, probably, with Washington. But I actually think Michigan State gets a little bit more appealing amid uh, the Big Ten expansion because they're going to break up the division. Yes. Yeah. So, so there, I think Michigan State— Well, and Michigan State has—I mean, there was, a, there was a long period of time where they were— they kicked Michigan's butt in football back in, like, the 60s. It was a while ago, but, like, they had— Well, they were, they were, they were first to integration. Oh, that was a big part of it. Yeah, but they they were really good, and um, and they got you know I don't like their fans as a Michigan fan, but they're very passionate. <laughs> like I don't like them, but they're passionate. Yo, Mark, did you ever play in the um like the the, yes. the flag football? Yes, game? come on, like, what, come on. The streak started my freshman year. Any coincidence? We haven't lost since mm. I was a freshman in college. You set the foundation. Michigan Daily versus the State mm. News. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yeah. I, I don't think it's any coincidence they got they got a stellar athlete like myself in Man, in there. You got to talk about. We it. set the foundation for that thing, Cobb. That that could be like one of the. Like? Well, that could be like one of the ten games that I would like to watch the least. College pretty, newspaper I'll tell you this, kids tell you this, playing it was not, football. It was not high quality football. I'll, like give you, I'll say that. Like if you just find one kid that can throw, like you're just gonna win. Uh, yeah, so it was like flag football. I was. Did any of y'all play baseball? And I don't. I'm not gonna say high school because well, look at co-ed you. too. So it's like oh, you know, boy. yeah, you had to have like a yeah. Oh, all, you had to have like uh, a couple. I don't. I forget if it was like a girl or two girls on the field at all times. Um, so it was a little, and there was a little bit of you know, it could get a little awkward there playing football. God, that's like watching Akron in Indiana. <laughs> Come on, that, that's, that's much worse than watching Akron in Indiana. I mean, the only reason I got to see any of that is because I heard Indiana might lose and I flipped it on. But yeah, yes, it was a big game actually. Yeah, yeah the Hoosiers but, almost fell. Yeah, but Cobb, yes, I did play in that 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 college wow. newspaper game once upon a time. Um, I was okay. I was never because I didn't go to any of the practices. There were like sometimes practices. Yeah, come on. And so like you know sometimes I like when I was younger I didn't play in much in it because like they the people who went to the practices got to play. Uh, so it was a click. <laughs> well, it's kind of like Cormani McLean at, at Colorado right now. He's not showing up to practice, and so I mean, well, they're not going to put him in the game. Well, Jeffrey brought up this interesting point. We were going to do it in buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit to start the game. Is what we're seeing with whether it's Dion or Dan Lanning at Oregon or the Washington State coach or... This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 